the deep, dark depths, in a podcast studio located in the heart of Cedar Rapids, there were two nerds sitting in a room, sweating profusely, talking about video games. And they were... Me, Craig Johnson. And me, Jackson Parker. And we are so excited to welcome you to our brand new video game podcast, Gaming Through the Generations. Locally produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network, every other Thursday, we'll take one game and deep dive into the past, present, and future of that IP. We'll also play fun mini games on the show and fight to the death for our very lives. What now? And fight to the death for our very lives. Fight, fight like the, the death, 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 death? Like a... Like a real... Like a very real... That was actually... That was Logan's one stipulation. It had to be real, visceral, physical death. Huh. Gaming through the generations! New episodes every other Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you find your podcasts. To support our show and creators just like us, subscribe to LAS Plus. And for more information on that, visit laspodcastnetwork.com slash plus. Is that it? That's it. I'm getting a nod. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Should we go play Smash? I want to go play Smash. Yeah, 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 let's go play Smash. Let's go play some Smash. <laughs>
Yeah, I can do that. I'd uh, look around the lower level. Yep. Um, just scope it out really quick and then look to the stairs and then uh, start heading up. Mm-hmm. Just to go to maybe the same table that we were at last time. Sure. Yeah, the same table is open, so yeah, okay. you can go back and, and grab that one. Sure. Easily enough. It looks like not a lot of people have have gathered at tables around the same place, so it's still relatively private. So okay. Yeah. Uh, Abaddon, you walk up to the bar. I'm going to say, for the sake of brevity, you grab a couple drinks. Um, what ones do you grab out um, of all of the ones that we had? Do you want me to go I, back I through and grab, grab you the what list? everyone got last time? Okay. So I kind of got the honey one. Yep. I got the one made with rum. Yeah. And her got the one that tastes like orange juice. Okay, good. Um, and yeah, for everybody, all audience members right now, uh, Robin uh, has been working at a, a very scary haunted house mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. their voice is gone. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to be trying our best uh, and everything will be, I mean, the the deliveries will be the same. However, the tone may be different. So just give us a little bit of slack on that one. It's not a different person. Yes, it's, it's not a different me. person. It just Abaddon yeah. has not been recast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, wonderful. Um, you go out there, you get your drinks. Um, Akane uh, heads up with Shadow. Her, where are you? Uh, I went with Shadow, but like her arms have been on her elbows and she hasn't really been looking at anybody or saying anything. Yeah. Just kind of is there. As you walk up the steps, um, Akane turns to you. You're kind of trailing after Shadow, and she just goes, "Um, are you okay?" She just stares at Akane, and then turns around and walks upstairs. As you pass her by, she just says, "Oh, um, let me know if you need anything, or yep. if I can help." And she passes behind you. You all sit down at the table. Minutes later, Abaddon comes back up with the drinks. Sits down at the table with you all. So, there were a lot of things that happened out there. Um, Seems as though there were some things that were discussed, and I'd look over at Akane and Abaddon. I... I apologize for that outburst in the alley. I would say it's uncharacteristic of me, but... Anyways, I think it's important that we all are on a similar page going forward because it seems that we've committed to each other this certain common knowledge and understanding of certain things. I guess I don't know how much Abaddon told you, Akane. Um, well, uh, Abby, why why don't you, why don't you tell? Abby, um, I've been half paying attention this whole time, half looking at the card I have that has Commodus Solara on it. Mm -hmm. Um, 
it's very clear that's mostly where my mind is. Yeah. Um, I told her what she asked. She... I have found that it is very rare to find someone who cares and is willing to hear about the bad shit that we have been through. And I have found that Akane is both a good listener and a very caring person. So while you do continue to interrogate her about questions, do bear that in mind. She has done nothing wrong. And I'm going to turn directly to her. Mm-hmm. And she wants to be a friend to us if she can be. Hmm. What's hers expression right now? Um, Her arms are crossed and she's just like sort of staring down, mm-hmm. not really acknowledging anybody. I've been doing that IRL and I f- yeah. forgot to mention that that's what's been happening. I think I think in this moment as well, Akane has kind of kind of shrunk back into her chair a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily um, shame filled, but more like I need to let some of this situation play out without my involvement kind of scenario. Uh, for a moment, uh, that kind of feeling, if you get my drift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can tell that you're skilled in what you do, Akane. I, reading situations, it's it's fantastic, and I hope that you have a bright and fu- fruitful <laughs> future. I do. I I also know that the information that you've learned um, has put more innocent people in a more dangerous circumstance. And that's by no means a threat for me. I'm not going to harm you. I'll do everything that I can to protect you, as I've tried to protect Abaddon, and her. I... If we're putting everything plainly, I've done, and I'd look around, and you said that there's not that many people up here? No, I think there's two kind of on the opposite. So like the whole circle of the top um, it's basically like a, a raised circular platform um, that has like the grating underneath it. Um, you're right up against the edge of the the observatory opening, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it seems as though across the way on the other edge of the circumference of this circle, there are tables on the other edge that are occupied by two other groups of, of people. Um, none close enough to really hear you looking down you're on the opposite end of the bar too so you feel safe enough okay yeah um after looking around i'd look kind of out the open observatory like there's probably a slit in where Mm -hmm. the telescope goes out i'd look at the sky through that for a second it's dark it's the stars have have started to light up the night um you can see many flickering lights across the city. Um, the Dawn Gate is illuminated with a myriad of different glowing portions that give it 
a little bit of almost this like um, mystical glow. Um, it, it is quite beautiful. Uh, yeah. In the night. Um, holding that moment for a second, I'd reach into my pocket and fumble with the, the black coin mm-hmm. and uh, turning my gaze back to Akane. I, I've done, I, and then I'd pull out the coin and then I'd set it like palm face down yeah. on the table and slide it more towards the center and lift up my hand and hold my hand off to the side of it. When you were growing up, did you ever hear of the Night Watchers or the Nachtwanderer? Um, uh, yeah, I had, uh, I mean, when I was, uh, when I was at the orphanage, uh, it was a story that a lot of the other kids told me. Um, they were very, uh, interested in telling scary stories about the night, the, the night, the night wanderers. There was a lot of stories about, um, about, yeah, yeah, if you didn't do the things that you were supposed to, how they were going to come and get you in the night, stuff like that, so. Right. Yeah. That, I mean, it was just a bunch of kids telling me stories, so. It's, it's not just stories, Akane. It never was. And I'd put my finger on the coin and I'd slide it over to her. She picks it up and she kind of, like, as, as you offer it to her, um, I think it's odd, like, you, you try and offer it and you're like, in your mind, you're like, yes, take a look at this. And then as she reaches for it, it's almost instinctive for you to try and, like, protect it. But you, mm-hmm. like, r- have to take a moment to, like, actively in your mind unprogram that instinct from yourself. Mm-hmm. And she picks it up. I think you fight this battle in your own mind, and I don't think she notices you fight this battle, but I want to be explicit about it happening, sure. right? Yeah. She picks it up and she starts to flip it over in her hand. Um, and like her eyes kind of like glance over it, and I don't think that she really truly grasps the meaning of it all, but she understands that you're connecting these dots. I don't have a rank or file on either of my shoulders because that, and I'd point to it as she's looking at it, that's it. I don't understand. My former job, I guess my current job, I don't know if I'm disassociated with it enough, was to be one of these night wanderers. Oh. And I and I want you to know that this is a burden of mine that because of the company that has has chosen for some reason to stick around <laughs> that that you you might 
be in danger too because of that. And I offer my hand out to like look at the coin and then just look at back, back at my hand. I think she takes it She kind of grips it for a moment and she says, you are all a very interesting group. And she hands it back to you. Um, I think when you start having that conversation, I think her gets up and storms downstairs in a huff. Uh, I'm gonna go follow. Okay. Where is her? Um, are there any open seats at the bar? Uh, there are a couple, yeah. If there's a seat between two people, I'll sit in the middle. Mm. Um, you're able to, I mean, there's that group of dudes who's still here, the three guys, and they've Ugh. like got the nine chairs. Yeah. <laughs> you try and like find a place and it's just all of their stuff laid out on the stools, right? They've got games that they're playing, uh, and then their coats and then bags that are just like strewn out a bunch of across a bunch of stools. Then there's a guy who sits maybe like one stool away um, and he's got drinks that he's getting there as well. Um, you maybe find one that's off to the very right side of the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably your best bet right now. Yeah, I'll sit there. Okay, you sit down. Um, I'm going to lean on the bar in between her and the whatever's on the side sure. of her, um, angled towards her. And I'm going to, uh, I'm going to order two shots of ale mm-hmm. um, and push one in front of her that mm-hmm. I assume her probably won't take. But sure. She just sniffs it and puts it down. You know, um, everyone has skeletons in their closet. Apparently. Everyone's done really bad things in their life. But I have come to learn in knowing you and Shadow that maybe you shouldn't judge people by who they are at their worst moments and that sometimes people get blinded by hurt and make decisions and sometimes those people meet a little elf girl who makes their whole worldview go on its head. I'm not little. You're, you're little. I'm not. I'm not. You're very small. No. Drink your ale. Shut Shut up. Drink your ale. Shut up. She takes a sip and goes. Uh, (coughs) It's gross. (laughs) Uh, Abaddon is going to hug her to their chest. She just goes... Come on. Mm. Why are you so nice? Because you were nice to me. I'm nice to everybody. Even the people okay. who don't deserve it. Who decides who deserves it? Mm. I mean, there have been people who have tried to kill me that I've shown a lot of mercy to. So, I don't know. You were kind to war. 
Yeah. And you were kind to Flicker. Yeah. And I think it's probably safe to say that War is a worse person than Shadow. I think they were all victims of circumstance. Does the same not stand for him? You can be mad mm-hmm. at him. I know. And but still care about him. It's it's hard to think that the person that I trust most in the whole wide world, if things had been different, would be the one who would end my life instead of helping me start a new one. And like, I don't know he what he's done. He didn't end your life. No, I know, but it's weird to think that that could have been the case. And like, I don't know what he's done before. What if he's murdered a violence before? What if he's... Murdered whole villages of people just because Leviticus asked him to. I don't... Does that make him a bad person or a good soldier? Depends on what being a good soldier means. Following orders. Do good soldiers follow orders? Yes. Mm. Bad soldiers are human beings. Or creatures in a lot of our instances. Then I'd rather be a bad soldier. Well, then let's go be bad soldiers together and hopefully corrupt Shadow some more. I just can't get it out of my head that I'm some sort of fucking freak with a murderer for a dad. If it makes you feel better, I'm purple and summon portals with my hands. And a murderer (laughs) for a best friend. You could have more boring people in your life, though. I mean... At least the people you know would go to war for you. Stop being right. I just want to be mad about it. <laughs> well, I just you wanna... can be mad about it, but mm. can you do me a favor? Depends on what it is. We just heard what I think for you and me was the first open admission of public hate for what we are. Yeah. And it was scary. Yeah. So you can be mad. You can, you can be livid at Shadow. But for all our sakes, will you stay together with us so I don't have to worry? And I'll give you a piggyback ride back upstairs. You just had to sweeten the deal. Damn, <laughs> that's a good deal. You're just saying all the things that you know that I want to hear because you know it's going to work. Yeah, 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 shut and up. And I'm you... going to Princess Carrie oh, instead okay. and start walking upstairs. She's like, you think you're so clever. I am clever. <laughs> yes, you are. Um, Stop it. That was adorable. Yes, ad- um, agreed. While, You're while that was <laughs> happening, um, right as her stormed off and yeah. then Abaddon was like, oop, I'm going to go help with that. Yep. Um, I think that there would have been, unless Akane wants to interrupt it, a palpable moment of like silence and pause. Sure. Um. And then I'd look uh, up at Akane. Mm -hmm. This entire time, if I'm being honest, most of us have just come from an extreme hardship. And so all all of you being nice is something that we welcome but you have to understand that it's not without any sense of trepidation. You seem very, very kind, and we appreciate you. Abaddon, or Abby, most of all, 
I want you to be successful, but I also want you to know that there are very terrible things that exist in the military. And by no means am I trying to scare you out of what you're doing. I just want you to be the most informed. I've been in this, and I had motion outside, system for some years. I've done things that I'm not proud of. I hate it. But, like you, I want change now. When I look out, when I see all those people, I see so much good. There's a lot of Levitica that looks like that. It looks like what you've been through. There's a lot of things that the people don't know about. That would probably make them feel differently. Just because I don't like what's going on doesn't mean I don't love my home. Is it more patriotic to love your home and hate the things that happen in it and want change and stay and try and fix it? Or is it more patriotic to just go with the flow and let the let let people tell you what to do because they tell you that's what our country does? I don't have the answer to that. But I'm of the former. And whether I'm happy with what's going on or not, I want this place to be better. When I see the people out there, when I see the people loving this this town, loving this country, I feel the joy in their hearts for the people around them. I see so many good people wanting to do good things. That doesn't change if there's bad people doing bad things here. Those good people still exist. They're still here. They're still taking each day, one step at a time, watching the sunrise, making their lot. There's a magic in that. There's a magic in, in finding the joy of the little things finding the joy of the people who want to do good. My goal is to let them be more. My goal is to let th what they want be more. Yeah, things may have to change. Yeah, people may have to lose power. But in the end, Levitica isn't the people who are in charge. Levitica is the people who make it. There's a lot more people who want to do good here than want to do bad. Then it seems that we were more alike and than what I originally thought. Thank you for being so earnest and kind to all of us. I 
I guess the reason I'm so scared, and I will say scared, on your part, is I've been sent to end things for people who are so hopeful as you are. I, I hope that I can help protect you against those things because I too see the goodness in you that you talk about for Levitica. I want to see that change. To stop fighting is to stop believing. And I believe in a better place for all the people here. Whether it costs me time or all of my time. I'd, uh, I'd reach out my hand in sort of a handshake. I know that my hand slash arm is probably way bigger mm-hmm. than hers. Um, well, since I can't drink or offer any sort of cheers to anything like that, I'll shake on it with you to a to a more hopeful and brighter future. She offers her hand out. Uh, she grabs yours, both hands, to kind of find whatever purchase she can against the massive mitts of a warforged. Um, mm-hmm. She grabs it and she puts it on the table and she just holds it for a moment. Her face kind of moves through these emotions, this joy into hope, into quizzicalness. She looks at you after glancing up from your hands, and she says to you, Have you always been this way? What do you mean? She picks up one of her hands off of yours. Your your large hand kind of resting on her left. She picks her right up. She extends a knuckle and she bing, 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 taps against the metal structure of your hand. She says like this. Oh. No. No. Just for, for a little while now. Did you want to? How much of this was your decision? I was put into a very precarious circumstance. But it was my idea to get into this. To shove my soul into this frame. So yes. How do you feel about it now? That's the thing. Is that your hands, I can look down and see that they're on mine. I can't feel it. I can step outside. I can see that the leaves are withering. I know it should be a cool breeze. 
I can't feel it. I know that I should be able to feel hers being on top of my shoulders. I can't feel it. I can feel the weight. There are things that I miss. Does it let me endure? Yes, but at what cost? So at the end of the day, it's a mixed bag. I'm sorry for all of the hurt. I don't know what it is. I don't know what all of it is. But, um... I'm sure there's pieces of that that... make you feel lost. When I look out there and I see all those people in that wave of just trying to force people into something that they don't want to do when I see people being abused and she kind of gestures her hands down to the grates below she says all of that feeling of being lost that's what hurts the most I want people to feel like they belong here like they can be proud of it I want this country to be something you can be proud of. And I want you, I want, I want, I want your being to be something you can be proud of. Eventually. I hear you. I see you. Not this. And she, bing, bing, bing. she knocks on your knuckle, or on your hand again. She says, I see you. I see you. You'd see his eyes go like wide for a second and then like dim as though they're like closing. Mm -hmm. Not that I'm shutting down or anything right. like that. Window shut down noise. Yeah. <laughs> but just, uh, just that my eyes are closing and you can still hear the hum or the word mm -hmm. of the things going on inside the Warforged. And uh, just this hollow, like, thank you.
Lilith, Bundog, Val. You all stand in this hauntingly quiet room. You look down. There is the mostly together pieces of a body of a woman, a tiefling woman. The top portion completely gone, decimated, and blood everywhere. Val, you currently are standing over top of Orion's body. And while he is alive, he is very unconscious as he is currently crashing from a loss of adrenaline. He's horribly emaciated and obviously exhausted. His new arm glows. You are incorporeal. You hover ever so slightly off the ground, or if you don't, you almost sink in. And I think that it doesn't really come to you that that's happening for a second or two. But right after Orion ceased to flail or move in this moment of realignment, everything is silent. What do you all do? Um, Val is going to try and attune to Orion. Okay. Uh, uh, I want you to roll me an Arcana check. That's the sweetest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, that's a four. No. Oh, is it plus ten for for black cards black or red cards? cards? Okay. Uh, so that's a four plus three. So that's yeah. a seven. Seven. Um, just for reference, just in case anybody forgot. Uh, Jackson, instead of using a d20 for any d20 check, uses a deck of cards. And so uh, that's a very bad not good That's roll. not good. No, that's um, bad. And your portents are also very not good. Uh, they're really good <laughs> if we're fighting somebody. If we're fighting, yeah, exactly. And if they need to um, make saves, <laughs> they're not good for this. As you walk towards over, or you float, move, like, you, oddly enough, you kind of, like, start thinking about it, and you start to, like, tilt you gain yaw in the middle of the air. As I backflip toward as you, Orion. You basically, you basically just start like laying down in the middle of the air as you like think, putting your hand on your chin. And you're like, how the fuck do I do this? <laughs> and you reach down and you try and like grab the cut and you grab the cut and you and you slam onto the ground next to him. And oh. then you let go and you uncorp like you, you become an uncorporeal again. But like, it seems as though anytime you are touching Orion, you're fine. But it's not like attuning to him. But in the process of attempting to attune to him, you gain knowledge about okay. what's going on. Um, Lilith, do you have the uh, that knife? Do you still have that? <laughs> it was um the one that we took from your boss. Naomi's knife. Yeah, that's the one. As you say Naomi's knife, you hear it in the side of the room as you turn around and all of you watch as Arno vomits in the corner. You good, man? No. Do you, do you need a second? You could step outside. I knew her for like two years. Oh, she. <laughs> you don't know her anymore. And uh, he vomits again. Uh, uh, Lilith's 
energy has changed towards you a little bit, Val. <laughs> yeah, but what does it like, look like? You what? laugh, but so Lilith has this fidgety energy about yeah. her, right? Mm -hmm. She's very fidgety. She's very normally normally yeah. all the time. She's very she's not still ever. Mm -hmm. She's completely still right now. This she's standing in a pool of blood staring at you. As you look down, you like over time, like you realize that Nefreya's heart still hasn't stopped working, and like there is just blood like slowly pooling out onto the floor and sifting through the grooves in the stonework. So this is the moment where you Lilith remembers that she is not actually a halfling. I will turn to you and I will say, I will help you in one moment, but right now, I need to do something. And you need to leave me alone, and you need to back up. I want Go make sure your friend is fine. Everybody roll me a perception check. Me too? Yep, every. Oh, no. Uh, I got a 12. Four. Four. Uh, I got an eight. Wow. Holy shit. <laughs> Are we in trouble? Uh, <laughs> but I do have a plus four on perception. You have eight to 12? Yeah. Uh, I got a 12 too. Nice. Val and Bandog sitting in the middle of the room is that body. And sitting in this room is unsettling. Turning back to the body of Nefreya is a difficult task. Death is ugly. And this is an ugly death. For anyone who made this check, which in this case is Bandog and Val, you see, faintly, an echo of a woman. She is terrified. You can make out no features, but the silhouette is clear if you are looking for it. She is slowly drifting away from the body on the ground. And as she is, her arms flare out and flail in front of her almost like she's trying to make her way through waves. She grasps and reaches for the corpse on the ground, but she comes no closer. Her arms flail more fervently and more desperately, but it makes no difference, no matter how much she persists. What can I sense about this? I assume it's Nefreya. What, what can I sense about this? Both the the incorporeal being and who was the dead body that's on the ground. Yeah, I would say, um, Bandog, roll me an insight check. Uh, yeah, it's... Guys, I, I missed DMing We're killing so it. much. <laughs> uh, what was it? It was a three. A three? Yeah, Bandog, I think I think the the reason that the insight check is so low is because right at this moment, you like wake up into this almost sense of like extreme lucidity. Um, because you look over at this and you you know that what should be happening here is you should be trying to discern what you can about this woman, mm -hmm. about this this incorporeal form, about what these things mean together, but all you can think about is those moments after 
that night when those people stole that knowledge from your people mm. and you watched the spectral forms of your fallen brothers try with every ounce of energy that they could just to not die and every one of them failed and you remember being who you are you have an intense connection with those that pass on to the spiritual realm right this this beyond space right mm -hmm. you've seen many ghosts and and many people think you know many people have have thought you a little odd for doing for saying so mm -hmm. um but it only really started that day and it has never gone away but those specific moments those are emotional duplicates of this one and I think the reason that you don't gain any insight from it is because it is impossible for you to wrench your heart away from that exact moment when it happened 20 years ago. It, and is the heart still clearly beating? There is blood coming out of the body. It's not clear, but like it's very obvious that it, it, the, the heart is still pumping the body, the blood out, mm -hmm. and as it pumps it up to the pieces that are gone, it just exits the body and becomes a larger pool. And it appears to me as though she is still trying to get back to the, the specter body. is still trying to return. I'm going to take my knife, mm -hmm. and I'm going to gently plunge it into the heart. Okay. You... Lilith. Mm-hmm. What are you doing right now as Bandog unsheathes a knife? I will. And not, 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 not in reaction. Right. But I want to know what you're doing. I will tear my eyes away from Valros mm -hmm. and return my stare to this corpse. Yep. I will take a few steps forward. Mm -hmm. I will kneel down in this pool of blood. Yeah. And I will place a hand on her arm. And I will ask Demia to show me who she needs. What does that sound like? I want to hear that. <laughs> Lady, I call on your gift. Show me how to help this woman. You ask, show me how to help this woman. And as you say that and you close your eyes and you, you take a moment and you breathe, you hear a and you open your eyes and Bandog has plunged a knife into the heart of this woman. You look up and you see that form that both of them saw. And when Bandog does this, the form fades and drifts, and it slowly becomes nothing. All three of you watch as the silhouette screams. It makes no noise. The blood stops moving. Lilith is going to lose control of her halfling form and become a Shadarkai. Uh, 
Bandog, as you plunge the knife into, <laughs> uh, into this woman's corpse, um, you watch as Lilith, um, small of stature, roughly about a fourth of your height, right? Becomes roughly, what, 5'11", you mm-hmm. said? Um, this, uh, why don't you describe what your Shadarkai form looks like one more time for all of us? Lilith looks like Naomi. Mm-hmm. Um, Lilith is a 5'11", um, tall elf woman. Um, long, white hair. Her eyes are still the black color that they are when she is a halfling. It's the only thing that remains the same. But this fidgety halfling is gone. This is who Lilith is supposed to be. This Shatterkai Lilith. Lilith will turn on Val, get right into his face and say, I know that this is a joke for you. This is not a joke for me. You stand there, the luckiest man in the entire world, and before you say anything to me, you will hear me. You have what I have heard people beg me for, which is a second chance. I see your pain and I see how much you love this person. And she will point to Orion. And I feel that that woman hurt you and I understand that she is not a good person. I understand that, but I want you to hear this. We are all equal in death. And we are not our worst deeds. And I think you will be glad of that before the end. Valras of Sago. And she will walk away from him. Out into the large atrium. The larger atrium. Yeah, you you proceed outwards back again through that door that was kicked in. You turn to your right and you see those large doors, steel chains. And I want you to make me a perception check. Mm. We're not rolling very well today, kids. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> Hold on, math. <laughs> you got this. I believe in you. <laughs> Listen, these guys are so patient with me. I am not good at math in my head, you guys. It's okay. That's why they have the numbers on the sheet. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly like <laughs> 12. 12. Um, I would say with that, you take a moment, you look up, you gaze up at the lightning bugs that still roam in this atrium. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you see these small sparks. <laughs> as they just kind of lance back and forth between these bugs. You turn to the right and you look at those large doors and in the light between the gaps of these two large doors, you see the figure of a woman and you blink and she is gone. Whatever you take from that is is yours. Mm-hmm. Lilith will breathe very deeply three times and she will sit against the wall near mm-hmm. the door yeah and she will fade back into the halfling okay 
I'm going to wipe the knife off gingerly mm -hmm. on some of the clothes of the body and stand. Was this pointing to the body? Was this a joke to you? No. No, not a joke. A deserved end. Hmm. And I'm going to look off to where she went. And then I will say, Lona kula kalonankal zaorek. The moon doesn't feel for us, but we should feel for each other. Arno looks over at just the situation generally, leaning against the wall, his fused right knee kind of out, out extended, uh, and he just kind of surveys this, and he just says, I don't know what I'm going to do for a job. Oh, I'm not going to get paid this month, am I? Shit. Um, I mean, it's... Was she the, the treasurer, too? Was she in charge? No, I mean, but, you know, Veraglaciant is not going to like this. Hmm. Especially if she sees me come up the stairs. But Veraglaciant sees you come up the stairs? If anyone sees me come up the stairs, ah. they will tell Veroglaziant. Hmm. You don't say a lot, um, big one. Most of the time I have nothing to say. But considering what just occurred, I would like to know who you are. <laughs> Didn't you just, like, hang out with me for like an hour like I, I think oh, I guess you didn't really talk much then either um my name is Arno uh I'm sure that this is all a little confusing um there was a woman named her that was Val Ross's friend a child right right my my friend as well from a, a past life and we met through that and uh Val is my, Val is my friend, and, uh, yes, that's, that's who I am. And what does this have to do with white dragons and this tiefling? Oh, uh, do you want to, do you want um, to do it? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, this tiefling, um, is responsible for my murder, is responsible for the betrayal of my friends, the kidnapping of that child, her, into who knows what sort of forced experiments and torture. Um, she's responsible for the dehoming of countless people in the city. The big thing that the Vero, which is a part of the group that I unfortunately found myself under the blanket of, um, and he gestures towards Nefreya's body. What Nefreya was the, essentially the arbitrator of was they bought all of the land in the tiefling quarter of the city after they after the tieflings left after after my people left we went on a pilgrimage and in doing so we didn't need any of the um any of the houses anymore and so the tieflings uh we donated them to the government to um we donated the proceeds to 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 better the city um 
We said, you can sell the houses and take the money, but it must go to public works. Uh, and then the pharaoh bought all the houses that every tiefling lived in. To what ends? Well, now Veroglasiant, the dragon, essentially owns a quarter of this city. And in turn, you basically are standing in her hoard. A quarter of this city is her hoard. And how Nefreya explained it to me was Veroglasiant was playing by our games. Veroglasiant took none of these things by force, but through subterfuge, um, and used her entire hoard to purchase every house, and thus, in owning much of the city, is now a ruling member of the council that makes laws and decisions in it. Brandog uh, slowly breaks into a smile. <laughs> you are telling me this white dragon is a real estate magnate. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of cocks his head back and in this like kind of if our if our camera pans back there's this very macabre scene of you making a joke in a pool of blood and him throwing his head back in laughter as you do so mm -hmm. uh and he turns back to you and he just says i don't make the choices for this dragon i just know that i didn't know about all of this when i needed money to support my mother that's I just needed a job. Mm. And uh, yes, the Vero, which I didn't even know was in possession of a dragon, was a group that wanted political power and bought houses in order to own a portion of the city to have political influence. Mm. And turning to Valros, this tiefling killed your friends. Um, Shira's responsible for allowing Vintner, the man that we both seek to come in under false pretenses, kidnap my friends, kill me, torture Orion, but she did that herself. There's a, a fair amount of her blood on my right hand. Mm-hmm and I'm going to smear it on Valros's forehead. There's this kind of like unnatural squelching sound. We are now brothers. <laughs> As it just passes right through me? No, uh, at this point, I'm assuming you had like touched. You had oh yeah, touched, yeah, I can touch yeah, Orion. Orion. For, the, for the sake of the, the radness of the moment, you're touching Orion in some way at this current moment. Val stops for a second that you do that and kind of smiles. Um, and... Thanks. Takes his hand off of Orion. Is the blood still on his forehead? The blood does stay with you. The things that oh. are on you and that become yeah. of you come with you. Interesting. Okay. Um, we're brothers. Now, did she kill your friends for the Vero or just for sport? 
Um, that I don't know. I do believe it was under the the moniker of the Vero. Um, I thought she killed Orion. Clearly, she just used him for torture. Um, and as far as kill my friends, she just killed. Well, Vintner just killed me. She just kidnapped her and uh, Shadow, and I don't know where they are. Are you sure they're still alive? Lilith is in the doorway. Uh, I'm not. I'm sorry I yelled at you, but I'm not sorry for what I said. That's okay. You're entitled to believe your beliefs. Um, to say it was a joke to me is a lot. However, I'd be lying if I didn't say it didn't feel a little personal and a little good. Mortality is complicated. Agreed. So is immortality. Um, are you better? Do you feel okay? No. But she kept your friend because he's not natural. I don't know what he is, but he's something. It appears to me that I'm the only thing here that is natural. <laughs> Says the man who can see ghosts. No, <laughs> <laughs> I mean Arno's pretty okay. I think right, you're natural. I don't. I, I, I honestly, at, at the end here, I'm. You know, uh, who's to say I can cast spells? Is that so? I don't even know. Is that natural in this? I guess in this magical world that we've found ourselves in, it's not so unnatural, but um, I don't want to be the odd, odd person out here. <laughs> and what are you, Changeling? Who knows? I thought I did, but I don't anymore. Hmm. That sounds familiar. Can I borrow Demia's knife? Or, not Demia's knife, um, oh God, Naomi. Naomi, thank you. <laughs> Are you going to slit someone's throat with it? Absolutely not. Do you promise me? That I'm not going to slit somebody's throat? Yes. Yes, 100%. I don't entirely trust you right now. No one's throat is being slit. <sighs> Fine. You pull out the Seeker of Worth. It is a dagger carved from the platinum scales of Bahamut. Um, and it is ever so slightly curved, but nonetheless, um, incredibly, um, it's incredibly, like, reflective. It's almost like a mirror-like finish as you pull it out. Um, I'm gonna try to grab it, can I? Are you touching Orion? I'm not. No. Okay. You, you, your hand passed I'm gonna through. touch Orion. Okay. And take the knife. You... Well, it's gonna snort at you first. <laughs> I don't know, it's a magic knife. I thought I'd try. You deserve the knife. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to... Uh, take the knife over to Orion. Yeah. And I'm going to pull out some of his hair. Uh-huh. And I want to try to cut it off. Okay. His hair has recently turned gold because of the cut. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you cut off the hair. Um, like a lock, maybe. I mean, Orion has very long hair. So, yep. um, but I mean, you will obviously know that it is kind of like, it is not well taken care of right now. So mm -hmm. it, it is kind of like a little crunchy in a way, but um, you take uh, maybe a lock that's, mm, I want to say like five inches long, but like only maybe like 
10 or 12 strands, yeah? And you cut that off and um, it comes with you. Uh, as you cut it off though, um, I want you to make an arcana check. Uh, 10. This is just not your day. No, but it's uh, all right. All the good rolls uh, are being saved. Yeah, you <laughs> hold it. Um, I think, yeah, I, I think with a 10, I don't think there's anything extra to give you. Cool. Um, I move my hand off of Arno because at this point, Orion, I'm only, or Orion because yeah. at this point I'm only touching the hair. I'm not touching him. Yeah. Um, you move your hand off of Orion. And as you move your hand off of Orion, you hold the hair. And then maybe about 30 seconds later, the hair starts to burn away in your hands. It seems as though this is a mildly limited resource, and once you take the hair away, it's no longer being supported by the cut directly, and it starts to burn away uh, magically. You said I took like 12 strands? You took like 12 strands, and I would say for like 12 strands, it'd be like, you get like maybe maybe like three minutes. I was going to say, because I was absolutely just going to sit here and, and yeah. count it. Yeah, yeah. You sit there for like three minutes, and as you do so, it's like a fuse, right? But it's just like ever so slightly this... As it starts to burn. Hmm. Interesting. Don't look at me. I have no idea what you did. Um, Arno. Friend. Yes. I'm going to try something. I am so worried. You should be. I yes, of course. It's okay. you. Uh you'll be okay. Oh no. Um <laughs> I'm going to try to step into Arno. Ah, uh, okay. You it, he just kind of stands there and you step into letting go him. of the hair. Okay. You are incorporeal. Yes. You step into Arno. What does this feel like? He just says it's very cold. Okay. And also I don't know. Um I don't like it. Can you see the inside of my eyeballs? Can I? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you I mean, look it's in. Dark, it's like yes. it's super dark, but it's mostly just kind of like if you're like on the inside, you can just kind of like it's like looking through. It's like if you see if there's a bright light outside and you close your eyelids and you can still kind of see the light pass through a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's very much like that, but it's just like this opaque shield that if light is passing in. All right. I'm gonna try one more thing, and I want to try to possess Arno. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Well, on the, on the bright is side, shaking her head. <laughs> as I look down at Jackson's cards, he's drawn five red <laughs> cards, which means that his deck is much hotter right now than it is normally. <laughs> so why don't you go ahead and roll me um, for this? What do you think this would be? I I'm thinking another Arcana, but if you can persuade me in a different direction, I'd love to hear it. Um. I think it depends. Is Arno fighting me on it? No, no, okay. definitely not. Um, I guess yeah. Is it is it a magical effect? I guess would he make a wisdom save? Could uh, it's possible? Um, I guess yeah. I don't I don't know the rules for possession. Why don't, why don't you, you know what? How about this? How about this? How about you make me a persuasion check? Oh, okay. Uh, that's a ten. Okay. Plus you said persuasion. Yep. Uh, plus uh, that should be an eight. Uh, I just haven't updated the sheet. Ah, so okay. that's an 18. 18. Uh, as you step into Arno and you attempt to like align yourself really s strictly, you kind of tell Arno to relax and 
and kind of let go. And as he does so, you stand up and you feel uh, your right leg lock up and you trip and fall face first onto the ground and you go pink as your horns hit the ground. Holy shit, it worked. You say, holy shit, it worked. Um, Arno, are you still in there? You just hear I this. Th- I think in my brain. You hear this very low. <laughs> I, I, I get out. He just goes, what the fuck? Ha! Okay. And he stands up and he, he, he wipes his face off, which is now covered in blood. I, I will press the digit. Oh, I can't. Fuck! <laughs> you did this to yourself. That's true, but Orion's alive. I, so it's I will stand it. to my full height mm-hmm. and I will say to him, we are brothers, but you will never do that to me. <laughs> no, 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 no. The amount of like back and forth reversal that has gone in back and forth between Bontog and Val in the last five minutes. That, that was really weird that I don't want to do that to anyone. Um, not saying I won't, Arno, for the record. Arno just kind of like not to you. sits back and he goes, holy shit, that was very weird. What did it feel like, like in your head? Um, Like I was a passenger. Like in a car, not not a car. Those don't exist in this fantasy world. <laughs> um, uh, so now I have a great uh, idea yes, for yes. a new mode of transportation. Uh, fun, fun fact: I was thinking about a motorized vehicle with, with wheels, but they would be rubber for good traction. Um, uh, he ca- kind of sits back and he just says, "I feel like I was just being like driven around. It was unnerving. I mm. I would like try and move, but it was like I was locked to the seat." Useful trick. Um, Please just let you. me know if you're gonna. Yeah, do no, that. no, no. Yes, I, I, okay. well, I didn't expect it to actually work. Oh, that feels. And he kind of just like, and he like shakes with like this frisson that you can see travel amongst the length of his back. Lilith is gonna sit next to Orion and kind of push his hair back off of his face, wipe some of the dirt and blood off, and yeah. say, "Listen, I hate to break up this experimentation party." But uh, we did all this for this man, so we'd better make it worth it and make sure he gets out of here alive, yes? Yes. Um, let's see, how do we... Hmm. I'm trying to think what the best way to get out of here would be. We just kind of float it in, right? And teleport it in? Um, I want everybody to make me a perception check. Lilith, you're standing in the doorway, and... No, I'm not. I'm next to Orion. Okay. Um, But you were. And so your focus is kind of still maybe like shifting back and forth. Um, And as you you sit down next to Orion and you you make these comments towards Val, you hear tempoed gusts slowly crescendoing louder over time. If you're not paying attention, you could be mistaken for thinking that a storm was on the horizon. Cracks and rumbles of thunder would be a fine guess. However, for the discerning ear and for a 23, you know that these are the sound of wing beats and the cracks and rumbles of thunder are roars. A creature of titanous size, this way comes. Oh shit. 